podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready? Play. Tennis to WTA Weekly. My name is Jakub Bobro. Joining me today is Miles David. Miles, how are you doing after that incredible, incredible intro? Our producer John cooked up. Wasn't it lovely? <laughs> it was. It was amazing. It was a, a, a real, a real piece of art. I was. It was riveting. Uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Yeah. But I'm. I'm doing good. I think I am feeling just as riveting and beautiful as that intro. So yeah, feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder where he got that picture of me. I, mean, I just look so angry. I, I, I don't know if I've ever looked that angry during one of these streams. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on at that point. But anyway, we're talking Washington, D.C. We're talking Prague. We're talking Montreal uh, coming up next week. How did you enjoy this week of women's tennis that we had overall? I really enjoyed it. I usually get extra excited during these weeks leading up to the U.S. Open because it's where I found my uh, love for the sport, actually. I think, the, I shouldn't say I think, the very first tournament I watched was an L.A. tennis tournament in 2006 as a lead up to the U.S. Open. So it kind of just always feels like home and just feels extra alive. And the crowds in D.C. definitely felt like... Uh, they were excited to see the women play, in particular Coco Golf, who came home with the trophy. So it was a good week. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. I mean, Coco delivered hard this week. She uh, has a new coaching team of, of Brett Gilbert and, and Pereriba. Uh, I, I believe this was the first week that she was she was working with them, and she just ripped through the straw, starting with Haley Baptiste six one six four. Belinda Bencic, 6-1-6-2, Ludmila Samsonova, the defending champion, 6-3-6-3, and Maria Sakari in the final 6-2-6-3. I mean, she just blew everybody away. What a week this was for golf. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think I watched, I didn't watch the Haley Baptiste match live, but I did watch it on a replay. 
and was very impressed by everything that she was doing. The pace she was getting from the ground, the serving was great. And then it just went up a notch against uh, Belinda Benchich. There were there was a game, I believe, uh, three two in the second set. And I believe she had about two break points going against her, and she saved both of those with aces and closed out the game with another uh, first serve and forehand put away. And uh, in that moment, I didn't necessarily think that she was going to win the title, but I was like, oh, this is some interesting stuff that I can, one, get behind, and two, haven't really seen too much in her game. So at that moment, I was like, oh, this, there's, a, there's a new wrinkle in her game, and... It just it just it just felt good to kind of see her get better and better with each match and then also play with the pressure of being the favorite. She beat Samsonova in the semifinal, who was a defending champion. And, you know, if she would have lost that match, it wouldn't have been I maybe you can give me your opinion. I don't think it would have been the worst thing in the world, but I'm glad she won it. And she followed up business beating Sakari in the final. And those are now three top 15 victories and she didn't have too many of those in this season going before before these matches so yeah i think three top 15 victories all straight sets nothing more than a six a six three set in any of them is really really good so yeah i was excited by every match she played yeah i mean had she lost to some sort of a it probably wouldn't have been such an impressive week uh only really being uh, Benchich, of course, that was an impressive match, but um, I don't think that the, the hype train would be on the rails as it is now because it is very much on the rails for me and I think for, for people in general. Of course, we didn't have our sort of newly dubbed Big Three on the WTA present this week in Washington, but it feels like if she's playing like this, why couldn't she challenge them? Why couldn't she make a run at the US Open, right? Yeah. Part of me really wants to lean into that. And be like, yes, Coco, Coco is like, going to be. Do it, lean, <laughs> lean in. I really, I really do. But then I'm also realistic and realize that I'm watching a 19 year old girl like figure it out in real time. And I think part of figuring it out in real time is getting the glimpses of it all kind of coming together. And that's what we saw in Washington, and it culminated in a title. I just don't know if I would. If I were putting money on a matchup tomorrow, if the U.S. Open started, I mean, actually, in Montreal, if Swiatek, Sabalenka, and Rabakina all um, were to go up against Coco, I'm not sure I'd put money on Coco winning those matches. Would I believe she'd make them tough? Yes. And could she win them? Absolutely. But I don't think she would go in as the favorite. So that's why I feel like she's probably still in the fourth, fifth, sixth best player in the world category, but trending upwards. If she does anything magnificent between now and the U.S. Open or, you know, goes all the way at the U.S. Open, then obviously that kind of, the conversation kind of changes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely feels like power ranking-wise, she's above Sakari, who she just, of course, completely annihilated in the final. She's probably above Pegula as well. Uh, Ghosty's asking about the forehand. I mean, the forehand seemed to be firing this week for the most part. Yeah, and there were definitely some down-the-line or up-the-line forehands that she took when she had open space that encouraged me, but there were also some forehand returns that made me be like, okay, well, the the forehand being the weaker side isn't something that's completely gone. I just think she had a good week. 
a really good week. Not to diminish yeah, it. It, 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 just, it just in general seemed like like more aggression in in positioning, more more aggression sort of for like like looking for for winners than she mm -hmm. usually has been over the past couple of years. Since she sort of like established herself on on the tour, she's she's been playing some quite passive, more more defensive tennis. She's been uh, using her legs. Yeah, yeah. Like, like sometimes you sort of see her make an opening and then not really take it uh, for for whatever reason, whether it was because she she didn't trust that that forehand down the line, or or whatever else it may have been. But yeah, it's it's good to see her play like this, and it's certainly encouraging going forward during this part of the season. I'm excited for her because she's never. I think she has a quarterfinal of last year's Canada tournament in Toronto. And in Cincinnati, nothing comes to my mind immediately about any standout results. So there's opportunities there for her to go deeper in those draws and really have a swell of confidence going into the U.S. Open. So there's there's a lot to be happy about. Absolutely. What do you sort of make of, of Maria Sakari's week now? Uh, she, you know, grabbed uh, a, a, some nice wins. Um, first beating Leila Fernandez, 7-5-6-2, Madison Keys, 6-3-6-3, Jessica Pegula, she beat 6-2 in the third. But in the end, she once again falls at the at this final hurdle and doesn't even get close against Goff. Unfortunately, it's more of the same. When I think about Maria Sakari, like, I think she's a really good player. I think she makes her living getting to the quarters and semis and sometimes the finals of these big, of these big tournaments, but it's also not where her game shines through the most. So yes, a good week. It's always a good week when you get to the final of a tournament, but for a player with her level of one experience now in those situations and now a one in seven record for a player that's been as high as three in the world, it's just not, it's not, as um it's not as positive as it would have been if somebody like madison keys had made the final and continued on some of her grass court uh success or pagula had made the final it's just kind of more of this more of the same with sakari so i'm not sure how she leaves the week feeling like she might be halfway happy halfway like okay what do i do now with my career and that's kind of where i put her in my mind i'm not sure what to make of her like if i'm looking at my fantasy draw i'm looking at a bracket she could go out semifinal or second round. You know, I just, I, I'm not really quite sure. She's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all about the matchup for her. It's all about the confidence on the day for her. And yeah, I mean, she definitely seemed confident after the semi when she referenced the Sabine Lusiki fans uh, video, the, the compilation of all of her 20 semifinal losses. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. And I guess I didn't. I mean, I've watched that video. I might. I may have watched it more than once, actually. <laughs> but it's just. I I think she she made a valid argument or like a a, a a sparked a debate. Like if most players were given the option, would they take her semifinal record? And I think most would love the, to say they've been to twenties or more WTA level semifinals. There's a lot of women that would change and switch places with her. But I don't think they would take anything beyond that. <laughs> they would take that and be like, yeah, that's a good paycheck. That's consistency. Yeah. That's my ranking moving upward. But the execution isn't really there. So, Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to sort of judge her, judge her career, judge her success. And I wonder how she sort of looks at it uh, herself. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a bizarre career.
in in some ways. Very, because I don't um, know how many how many top three players have only won one title, and if there were three in the world and only had one title, were they almost twenty eight years old? You know. Yeah, it's 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 certainly a weird one. I'm sure that she will win some more titles along the way, but like even even last year, what was it like like Parma or something, where she like ground out uh, this run into the final and then she loses in the in the final to to Mayar Sharif, I think. That that's a glaring issue. Like I, that that match, I, I'm I'm actually somebody that rates Mayar Sharif relatively highly but i still thought she was the underdog in that final and for her didn't she lose that match in straight sets in in parma yeah yeah that's not that's not good and i'm not not sure if it would have been better if she would have lost it in three sets either it's just there's on on paper there have been quite a few opportunities for her to kind of widen her trophy cabinet and she hasn't done it even in some of the semifinals she's lost she's been the overwhelming favorite going back to 2021 u.s open against radicanu she had been to a semifinal stage before and didn't show up. So I'm not, if I was in her camp, I literally would not know where to kind of redirect our attention after this week. And it seems like she's in a, she's in a similar headspace, like happy that she's playing well enough to get deep in these tournaments, but obviously not happy that she's not leaving as the winner. So kind of just shrugged my shoulders. Yeah. I also wanted to mention Jen Brady, who continues her her comeback. But well, this was her first uh, WTA event back after she made a comeback in Granby at an ITF 100. She beat Anelia Kalimina 6-2-6-1 before losing to Madison Keys. <laughs> yeah, before getting spanked by Madison Keys. Yeah. 6-4-6 love. How do you sort of um, balance this week for, for Brady? I'm just happy she's back. And playing yeah. at a at a pretty decent level. I mean, Kalinina isn't a great. Uh, she doesn't have a great hard court like prowess. So um, there's that. But then there's also the fact that Kalinina is a top thirty player, and with that being your first WTA competition um, in over two years, possibly almost two years, that's a good win. That's a very good win. And she didn't look. The score shows that she kind of got trumped by Madison. But from what I saw, she didn't play terribly and she came up against somebody who's been having some really good success madison keys just won esports and got to the quarters of of wimbledon so she's been walking up to the net as a winner more often than not the past couple of weeks so i was i was excited to see her that forehand whip she gets is still one of my favorite things to see in the sport i didn't realize how much i missed it so if she can stay healthy i think there are weapons in her game that pose a lot of problems for some of the top girls and it'll be interested to see or go up against them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still think that she definitely has the game to to trouble somebody in a big match, especially um, in front of a in front of a larger crowd when when she can get up for it, get sort of motivated by by the people there. I think that she will be an interesting player to watch uh, going forward in this U.S. Open swing. Somebody mentioned that um, she may have a. Yeah. Somebody mentioned she may have like a Sloane Stevens summer. Remember when Sloane Stevens like she had taken some time off and then the U.S. Open Series hit, and she started making semifinals, another semifinal after that, and then she found herself in the final of the U.S. Open. I wouldn't be terribly upset if that ends up being a similar story for Jen Brady. I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be very, very surprised. Uh, but, yeah. But I wouldn't be I, I, I wouldn't be upset at all. I mean, she, she seems great. 
And I mean, she has shown us that the game is there to to potentially make that sort of run. She has also the weapons, for sure. Yeah, uh, Yelena Svitolina looked very good to me, beating Azarenka 7-6-6-4, beating Kasatkina, who she always beats, eighth straight win uh, in their head-to-head, <laughs> this time 6-2-6-2. When is set up on, on Tegula before losing? Any thoughts on, on Svitolina here? Still surprised, actually. I'm, I'm still quite surprised that she's having the return that she's having. Like, I'm not... Um, not hating on it by any by any stretch, but when I see her beating these players, and when I ask, well, two things: when I see her coming out as the victor, when I get my notifications on my scores, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then when I actually sit down to watch her play, I'm like, this is in some ways a different player from what I'm used to. And I feel like I've watched tons of Fidelina matches and have a good idea of what her and like game a looks better, like. Better, more exciting one. That's that's yeah. The hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it's it's interesting and surprising because I don't know. I guess the inspiration of becoming a mom really has kind of added an extra jolt into how she plays tennis in the time off. I, I, I think it's been it's been pretty uh, documented now that she took time off and had time with her coach to kind of look at her game and also look at some of the games of the top players and realize what she needed to change. And it seems like she's benefiting from that. So. Go her. She lost to Pagula in the quarters, right? In the quarters? Yeah, 6-4 in the third in the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah I mean, it goes to, yes, Citoyen was always pretty athletic, but she was, I mean, not to say pusher, but like a more, more of a pusher. I can say it. I can say it. I can say she was a pusher. The thing that would kind of the thing that would kind of irritate me about Svitolina is that she would grunt and the ball would bounce from a ground stroke, mind you. The ball would bounce inside the service line, and I'm like, the the grunt the the effort of the grunt never matched the trajectory of the ball. So I always thought that was interesting. <laughs> like the ball isn't well, yeah, going now, that far. <laughs> now, now she really hits it sometimes, and I mean we're yes. we're going to get to her later. But that's what I've, I'm a little bit expecting from Wozniacki as well. When, once we get to her comeback, I read her uh, article in was it Vogue Vanity Fair? I can't remember Vogue. which one it was. Vogue. Well. Yeah, and she sort of spoke about how she wants to come back as like a more aggressive player, and I mean she she very much has that in her in her repertoire. So I'm I'm very much excited for that comeback. But sticking with Washington for now, also wanted to mention Marta Kostyuk, who had a nice week for herself. First, uh, beating Bianca Andreescu in the third set tiebreaker, then taking out Caroline Garcia six two six three before losing to Samsonova. What did you think of Kostyuk here? Caught between two cities a little bit with that one because I caught a little bit of the Kostyuk and Andrescu match. And Andrescu should have won that match. At one point, she won like 10-something points in a row, and there was a definite yeah. momentum she, change. She, 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 was, she was like fighting with somebody in the in the crowd, right? Kostyuk like was. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was somebody like perpetually kind of heckling, heckling her. Yeah. I thought I, I I thought it was Andreescu who like asked for somebody to be removed. I thought it was Kostuk. From what I watched, I didn't watch every single point, but the the segment I watched, I remember that. I thought it was Kostuk going up to the chair. Oh. Maybe they both were frustrated because they could hear the guy. Maybe maybe that's it. Um, but because yeah, I remember because it was the commentators were talking about uh, fans' rights to kind of have an opinion during the match because they paid a ticket, you know. But um. I have to go back and rewatch it. I'm not sure. But all of that to say, impressive wins in one angle. But then Kostuk, Kostuk has been kind of trending upward 
in small ways for a, a large part of her time on the WTA. She's been making pretty good strides, especially this season, winning her first title earlier this year in Austin. But I'd like to see her get even a bigger win because Garcia and Andrescu have not been trending upwards for the past couple of months. So those are good wins, but I think she could probably amp it up a better. And that would kind of give me a better idea of where she is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. She's also having a new coach join her team, Sandra Zanievska, the former uh, Polish player. She's worked with... She What's her name? Kronich Zanievska. Interesting. Isn't there a WTA player last name Zanevska? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Marina Zanevska, who's uh, Belgian but Ukrainian, but plays. Gotcha, Belgian. gotcha. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. When, when you said that, I was like, is, "Did she retire?" <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the different, different, spelling. different people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Sandra Zanevska was was on tour as well for for a while. But yeah, she she's been retired for. For a good few years now. Anybody else that we, that we want to talk about from Washington? Samsonova did pretty good to defend her title, getting to the semis, but I don't feel like I learned anything new from her from her her title. I think she plays well on quicker surfaces. She destroys who she pretty much can beneath her, and then the players above her she struggles with. So there's that and yeah, I mean, we, we, we got that exactly this week where she beat Collins 6163, uh, Kirsta 6163, Kostuk 6462, and then lost in straights to the golf. So. Yeah, she looks incredible. She, she can look incredible or awful all in the same tournament. Um, it's quite interesting. So I don't really think I, I, I don't know anything new about her and like how she's going to factor into the US Open. She definitely could, you know, go on a tear in Montreal or Cincinnati coming up. It just wouldn't be something I'd predict because she's so kind of unpredictable. But I think um, Andrea Pekovic made some good points about the fact that she has pretty much everything it takes to be a top 10 player. She just doesn't really put it all together when it counts. So if she ever does that, she'd be somebody to watch out for. Yeah, uh, I believe Ghosty was asking uh, us about what's going on with Garcia, where, I mean, <laughs> God, if, if, if we only knew, uh, we, we would probably tell her or, or something. She's just been struggling since uh, the, the finals, really. Yeah, and it's not like she is struggling against opponents in the top 10 or thereabouts. Because didn't she, she lost to Lynette at Australia. She lost to Blinkova in Roland Garros. And she lost to Buskova at Wimbledon. Respect to all three of those players, but Garcia should still be beating them as the number four or five ranked player in the world as she has been or, or whereabouts all year. And I think her ranking's down now to like 18 or something because she lost those uh, WTA 250 points in Poland. So I don't, I did, I did not think that she would struggle being a top player again because she's been there before and kind of had the experience, but she's yet struggling again. So I'm not not really quite sure what to do with that. And she turns 30 later on uh, this year, which is incredible to me because I feel like that tweet with Andy Murray calling her a future world number one was just not that long ago. <laughs> but here we are. I mean, for, for, for me, it feels, like, it feels like a long time ago because I think I wasn't even in high school yet when he, when he sent that tweet out. I think I was just starting college, so that's why it feels like yeah. it's not that long ago in some ways. 
Yeah, I mean, she has a massive amount of points coming off in the in the coming weeks with with Cincinnati, of course, where she couldn't even defend her full points portion if she tried because she came through qualifying. She's not going to be playing qualifying this time around. I forgot that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I forgot she came through qualifying. <laughs> she she was a qualifier. She actually beat Andrea Petkovic, who mentioned earlier in uh, Cincy qualifying last year, to to even get in. And then yeah, uh, I've, right after that she had that US Open semifinal. So does John, to get it to does get John have this tweet just it. like in his bookmark somewhere? Because <laughs> that was really quick. On, really good stuff. John. On the wall behind <laughs> him, framed. Uh, <laughs> that's that's golden. Yeah, Twenty eleven, right? So I was yeah. I was ten years old when when that was sent out. That that, that was a while ago. Um, yeah, we, we, we can move on to Prague, which was a, a bit of a messier tournament in terms of the weather. They, I don't know what they were thinking. They, I, I guess they just didn't have indoor courts available, even though there are so many indoor hard courts in Prague that they could have utilized to play out that second semi in a final. A uh, final Wait, that was won between... by now Hivino. Thank you for telling me, because I had no idea. <laughs> I literally was like, wait, who... Who won that tournament? Because I, I, before we started, I, I kid you not, before we started recording, I looked down at my phone and I'm in a couple of group messages. And I thought I saw somebody say, shout out to Habino for something, but I didn't know that she, that, I didn't know that that meant she won the title. So um, good for her, especially over Noskova, who was destroying people. The little bit of Prague I saw on television was Noskova um, beating... Schmidlova, and she just destroyed her. So I thought that was her title to win, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, even even in the semis, she absolutely destroyed Tamara Korpac six one six one. She she was kicking everybody's asses along the way. Uh, ever since she sort of had a wake up call against Ankita Raina, who was another lucky loser in the second round, who I believe, uh, well, she, she won one six seven five six one. I think Raina was up a set and a break on on Oskova in the in the second round. Uh, but yeah, Hibino becomes only the the fifth uh, lucky loser on the WTA tour to to win the title, which is pretty interesting. Uh, she also won the doubles, so so she gets the the full double alongside Oksana Kalashnikova, and I think this is her this is her second time that she's actually won a double, uh, both singles and doubles. I know Noskova is not happy. Um, she's not. Oh, no. and, 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 she, and she also withdrew from from Montreal as a result of, yeah. of having to play this Monday final. That's what I was going to say. She couldn't couldn't get there on time. Um, <laughs> she looks. She's not a happy camper, and I would not be either. Because one, that trophy she's holding looks like something out of Home Goods, and then also she missed the spot to compete for a, a lucrative position in the later rounds of Montreal WTA 1000 and get that prize money. But I I, I commend her for sticking around. And not just giving the the walkover to, to now Habino or whomever it might have been because that was opportunity yeah, for mean, her like, to get I, her first WTA title. I I get that it's her I, I I get that it's her her home tournament and stuff, but she should have been on the first plane out of there. Uh... <laughs> I'm just I know I, I I can I can understand why she's pissed because she probably was like I can sit here I will not sit I can stay here and really make good of this opportunity and win my first WGA title and then I get obliterated by now Habino of all people and I don't get to go to Montreal. So like like now Habino <laughs> was was still playing her semifinal on the same day that she played her final. Noskova had like a full day of rest. She probably was just warmer. 
Habino probably was just warmer and in the groove and no stupid. Don't get how she how she fumbled <laughs> that match that badly. Uh, it makes no sense to me. If I'm being honest. <laughs> but she did look good, and hopefully she just kind of takes that final as a blip in the road because she looked amazing in that match. I saw her play. I mean, it was only – maybe I watched it for 20, 30 minutes, but I was very impressed in that 20, 30-minute span. Yeah. I mean, this is also a huge huge title for, for Hibino. She was at 52 spots in the rankings, up to 84 now. Uh, so she was, like, way outside of the top 100. This, this gets her back in. Uh, probably more or less secures uh, the Australian Open main draw for her, which is which is pretty big. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. Also, yeah, we 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 had, we had Jacqueline Christian also reaching a semifinal there, uh, who I believe some people were concerned about was she able, was she going to be able to get to Kozerki in Poland where she's playing a one twenty five, but of course. Uh, that's a lot shorter of a journey to make. So hopefully, with with good scheduling, uh, she she should get there fine. I'm not in uh, the Jacqueline Christian hive. I, I need to do more information <laughs> about her. Like I see her name often enough in scores and stuff, but I don't. I have no idea what her game looks like. None of that. I have to do better. I sound like John Macaro a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she she really became uh, uh, like entrenched in my mind during that WTA Cluj tournament, uh, which was like the Transylvania Open, and she she like came out in like a in like a Dracula, which I game. believe is coming back this year. I, I think they call they're calling it a Spooky Open. Yes, <laughs> the Spooky <laughs> Open, which is great marketing. <laughs> yeah, they, they they better put her on the on the on the billboards with her with her Dracula cape. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she took out Boskova, who was the defending champion and the top seed in in Prague. So that's why uh, I thought that we should we should mention her here. But I think that we should slowly get on to previewing WTA Montreal, where we have uh, a lovely draw, a lovely tournament. We do just ready for us to sink our teeth into. Um, who do you think are sort of it's it's sort of like like, like the biggest favorite going into this? Well, when I made my fantasy draw, Sabalenka feels like the overwhelming favorite because she actually has a pretty decent draw. Um, I th mm. think Samsonova is... You know what? Let's pull it up. Because <laughs> I think when I was making it, I was like, there's no way Sabalenka should have trouble with this draw. I mean, minimal trouble. Um, Sviatek also had a good draw, and I think I had Sviatek in the final as well. So it'd be nice to kind of see them have another chapter of their rivalry. But in between all of that, there's some really darn good first-round matches that I enjoyed picking. So let's see. Yeah. Um, um, Sabalenka has a bye, of course, and then mm -hmm. Matic or Tsurenko. In that third round, she could have Samsonova, could be Kostyuk potentially, um, could be uh, Zheng Qinwen. So that, that could be maybe tricky, but she, she should get through that. I feel like she won't pick I, early I, on. Oh, go ahead. I feel like I picked Sabalenka to go through all of her rounds because I just have a feeling. My feeling could totally be wrong, but I have it right. I think that she is going to be on some sort of a mission to correct all the things she did incorrectly in the semifinals of the two past Grand Slams. I personally would be kind of annoyed that she'd had a first great four or five months of the season. And she kind of got halted again twice at two semifinals that she really should have won. So hopefully she can, you know, 
redirect the train and pick up a title here in Montreal, she should be extra motivated because she she should have been in all three of the finals of the Grand Slams this year. She really should have been. So hopefully she has some motivation. She looks happy from what I've seen on Instagram, but that's just Instagram. Everybody looks happy on Instagram. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I think she's a she's a solid pick going in. I'd be surprised if she lose early, loses early. I'd be surprised if Swiatek loses early. And Rabaka is in an interesting section. I feel like I, she hasn't played since Wimbledon, has she? I don't think so. And, and, and it's tough early on. She opens against Jennifer Brady or Yelena Ostapenko. I picked Jennifer Brady to, to win that one, actually. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, that could literally go either way for me. I, I have no idea. Potentially in the third round, she could have Azarenka, she could have Sloan, uh, Lynette and Kalinina also in there. But if 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 they play up to their level, uh, could could be could be tricky early on for for Rybakina here. Ghosty was asking in the comments, "Don't the women uh, play in Montreal this year? They do. They do flip it alternate alternatively. Whatever you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So the women are in Montreal and the men are in Toronto this week." I think Swiatek's draw is pretty easy. Like, she opens, she gets... Yeah. I mean, if you consider Pliskova a threat, but she's also double big... I mean, Pliskova is so out of form. <laughs> I mean, like, Pliskova lost to... Took, a, like, a really bad loss to Haley Baptiste. Like, she wasn't looking up for it at all. Her so, threat... And I mean, the I, other threat is Muk- Mukova. And, I mean, I mean, I enjoy Mukova's game. I just also think that she's not really reliable. Um, I mean, and it's crazy how fast tennis, my thoughts in tennis change because I wouldn't have said that a week after the French Open, but then she's played after the French Open and hasn't done anything really super noteworthy. Um, so there's that. And then Beatrice Haddad Myers could be a potential opponent for Swiatek. And uh, Haddad Maya did beat her in Toronto last year, but if Swiatek's mm-hmm. playing at her, B plus level. I think she should beat everybody and get to the final. Yeah, I mean, I sort of expect Shviontek and Sabalenka to come through their sections, and then for the the middle portions to be a bit more, bit more of a messy. Mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excited but, about that uh, Daniel Collins and Svitolina match. That could be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 already got uh, Daniel Collins against Eugenie Bouchard in the, in the qualifying. It gave us you know six one one six six one Collins fist bumping, yelling, everything. Uh, so I'm very excited for her to to play Svitolina. I think that would be a lot of fun, but I don't think that she's going to to win that one. I want to see Collins win because the winner of that one takes on Sakari, and I want to see if if Sakari can back up a good. A, Decent week in Washington. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that Svitolina could take her out. Collins, I mean, on, on a good day, could, could beat her, uh, of course. Uh, we also have, as we mentioned earlier, Caroline Wozniacki making her comeback after years away from, from tennis. Um, I was shocked to see the comeback, mainly because she re- like retired with arthritis, which mm. I didn't. I, I didn't think that you, that you can really come back from. But she said that like two years of not playing has really helped her with it. Hopefully, it doesn't start to really flare up anytime soon during this comeback, and we and we sort of get a a, a good run from Vosnaki. She I'm sorry, I'm laughing. 
Jackie's more of a pussy than yeah, yeah. She 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 was, and but that's why I'm so curious to see if she's going to revert to that or if she's going to sort of like Sitalina adopt a more aggressive approach after this comeback. I've never been more certain that somebody's going to win their first match in a comeback than I am certain that Wozniacki is going to beat Kim Burrell. <laughs> like, yeah, if, it, it feels like they opened up a little niche segue for her to just come on in and make some noise in the WTA tour because every other wild card, um, every other wild card got a qualifier except Venus Williams, which is interesting yeah. and makes me scratch my head. But you know, are, are you saying it's rigged? I think they do what they can to give a uh, interesting first couple of days of the tournament. I'll say that. <laughs> they do what they can. They do what they can. I mean, to, to be fair, credit to, to Kimberly Burrell. She beat Daria Savo. She beat Yulia Putitseva both in straight sets and qualifying. Those are two very good wins. Yeah, those are uh, pretty good so wins. It's, sorry, it's, sorry, it's Kimberly Burrell be, fans. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, not, it's not going to be like 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 an easy pushover Birel that we have seen at, at some points during her career. She's she's you know in the in the in a good spot right now, but I still expect Wozniaki to to win there and set up a potential second round meeting with Ondrosheva in the second round. Well when was the last time a, a, a player made a comeback and you basically penciled them into the next round in their very first turn of their comeback. You know? <laughs> That's basically what we're doing for Wozniaki. So we'll see. But I'm interested. I yeah. am interested to see like just how she looks and how she's hitting the ball. And um, I think I have her in my fantasy draw. I think I have her playing Mayar Sharif and Sharif winning that, just because Sharif is even more of a grinder and with you know obviously more current success than Wozniacki. So we'll see. You have Sharif beating Vondrosheva in the first round. I do. Okay. I mean, okay, we have we not seen this story before where somebody wins a slam. I'm not saying this is definitely well. How do how how do okay? She's not as bad on hard as she was last year, but Maya Sharif last year on hard went one and twelve. That's why I was a bit. I mean, Uh, she's three and seven this year on hard courts. mm -hmm. Wins being over Lizette Cabrera in Adelaide, Camila Osorio. In Monterey, and which Wang is this Zinyu Wang? Uh, in Jakob, you're making well. me reconsider. Oh, you're making me reconsider. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, she, she hasn't played on hard since March. I don't know. Uh, I, I just Mondrosho has a. But but how many times have we been here where somebody comes and wins a Grand Slam, right? And we did not have them on the radar of doing so at all. And in that very next tournament, they realize that they're playing as a Grand Slam champion. And it's like, uh oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that Van Drusen was going to have a terrible time of it, trying to live up to the hype that comes with being a Wimbledon champion. All I'm saying is we've seen it, and I would not be surprised if she struggles against Mayar Sharif. I think Van Drusen has a lot more tools than Sharif, but sometimes pressure stops you from using the tools that you have to your uh, disposal. So we'll see. We'll see. I guess, yeah. I mean, I I could definitely Vondrosha losing to Wozniacki because that's going to be a, a high pressure environment for sure, uh, with with a massive crowd most likely cheering on Wozniacki uh, against her, and I don't really see any of them uh, getting past Coco Goff in that section. So we will see what happens there. It'll be good to see if Coco can continue how she's you know been playing in Washington. 
it'll be good to see for sure. I, I mean, and I, she has winnable matches opening up against Rebecca Marino. She gets the winner of the Wozniacki and Von Drews of a potential match. So, yeah, those are matches where she doesn't, you know, coming as the underwhelming or the overwhelming underdog. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, you already mentioned Venus getting Madison Keys uh, in the draw. We already know that the winner of that match will play Jasmine Paolini. So should be getting through to the, to the third round. Uh, but yeah, wait, do you see wait, Venus? wait. Why does, how did Jasmine Paolini get a walkover into the second round? She she beat Donna Vekic 7-6-6-2. Oh, she already won today? Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing oh. as we speak. I did not know that. Dang it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I did not. I did not know that. There's two things I didn't know today. I didn't even know. Yeah, I had no idea Donna Vekic was on the court. Did I pick her as a potential player to go deep? I hope I didn't, because that's super egg on my face now. Yeah, Ghostly didn't know Vekic was out either. Like we're getting, we're getting real time updates at Talking Tennis. That's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, Pliskova wants it all with with Julin. Um, that's, that's not surprising. Boskova is beating Kayla Day. <clears throat> but yeah, Paulini against Vekic is just the only finished match that we have right now. You learned something new. I, I For some reason, I didn't even... I don't know where my mind was about Montreal. Like, I knew it was <laughs> happening. I just didn't know they were playing while we were talking. <laughs> that's why I was so caught off guard. Like, how did... I thought you were... I thought that was, like, subliminally throwing Donna Vekic under the bus. <laughs> I didn't know she actually was. <laughs> Sorry, Donna. Uh, she she threw herself under under, under the and bus. Paulini uh, Paulini drove fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Venus against Keys. The, the, does she have a chance? I mean, I I just hope the the knee is better since since Wimbledon. I hope Venus's rackets come to play with her because I don't know if you saw her Instagram story. Oh yeah. Let's fucking pull it up and read it verbatim. Lost her bags. Uh, yeah, she, she, she was... had her bag sent to the Bahamas apparently <laughs> by American Airlines. I was gonna say, um, not she. And... American Airlines did her dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she has not been able to retrieve them as of as of now. Venus. Yeah, I mean, but I think the racket. Well, she plays with the Serena limited edition racket. I'm not sure how many of those people just have laying around, but but she's also Venus Williams, so I'm sure. If Wilson wants to get her a racket, they can get her a racket in Montreal relatively quickly. So um, we'll see how that goes. I wouldn't be surprised if how do I put this? If if they are holding serve, if Venus is serving well and they somehow find themselves in a tiebreaker or like a five-all situation, I would not be shocked if Madison Keys plays a loose game and Venus ends up winning a set. Um, so I wouldn't be totally shocked if that goes three sets, but I would be a little shocked if Venus wins that. Happy, but a little shocked. So Madison Keys is definitely the squ- the square favorite for that one. But we'll see. It's still Venus Williams we're talking about, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and like Keys can just lose a match by herself uh, on her day. Yep, we, we haven't really <laughs> seen much of that recently since since she did so well at grass. She she did decently enough in in Washington. Uh, but yeah, I mean, could could go either way. He's probably the the favorite. Uh, all things being equal, 
Ghosty just brought up Keys and Pagula matchup. I think if they play, that'd be interesting, but I'd give Pagula the edge just because, I don't know. I, I take my experience of watching these players into account, and I've watched so many matches of Madison Keys's where she self-destructs, and Pagula allows that in most of the opponents she plays. Like, that's her that's her strength is allowing her opponents to kind of self-destruct and then injecting some pace when she can. She won't have to worry about that too much against Madison Keys. So I give Pagula the edge if they do play each other. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that Madison Keys had a Montreal uh, final that she made. She lost the Halle, didn't she? Yeah, and she beat Kristina Kuchova in the semifinal. <laughs> this was like her, her best uh, ever run in, in, in her career. Back Who? Then. Um, does she play off two hands on both sides? Yes. Yes. She okay. Does. Got it. Montreal yeah. does have a way. I remember when I first gave my attention to a Montreal tournament. It was two thousand and six. Ani Ivanovich went all the way to the title, and that was like my first time really watching her with bright eyes. And then two thousand eight was the first time I really took it uh, took notice of. Dominica Sibokova. So Mo- Montreal actually has a way of providing some interesting storylines. And then just a couple of years ago, Camilla Georgie came out of nowhere and won that title. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, yeah. Things, I mean, things... Camilla Georgie who, who had to qualify. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this year. And she <laughs> plays Andrescu first round. That, that's a really good matchup. Yeah, not, not that is spicy. Georgie Andrescu to play Kvitova in the second round. That That is an exciting, exciting matchup. I mean, Andreas really needs needs wins right now. Like she, she just needs anything. I want it um, so bad. I want it so bad. I think she didn't. I think she just gave a quote. I mean, this came from the tennis letter. So I mean, you know, I don't know my I don't know my sources, but I think she gave a she gave a quote that said she really is tired of looking at the number next to her name, and she wants to be top twenty or top ten by the end of the year. And I mean, I listen. I I love the the motivation and the ambition, but end of the year. It would it would take a really out of nowhere performance and her probably lifting a trophy for her to go from where she is right now to inside the top twenty or ten by the end of the year. I mean, she'd have to really turn it on starting now. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll apparently see. we already had uh, a rain delay in Montreal as well. Uh, not that I'm reading, but they're 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 playing right now, so all all is good in in Canada in Canada land. Um, yeah, maybe just to finish off, who do you think is going to win it all in, in Montreal? Sabalenka really should. <laughs> well, if, if she, I'll say this. Sabalenka and Swiatek, unless the Montreal bug kicks in, because Ghosty was just saying Haddad Maya made a final last year here. And that looks better now in hindsight because Haddad Maya has, you know, kind of lived up some of the hype, made a grand slam semifinal. But if we don't get any kind of like Montreal magic, it should be one versus two in the final. And I think the conditions, it being a little bit quicker, I think Sabalenka beats Tech, especially with the extra motivation of wanting to put her hands on a title and kind of right the wrongs of losing two tight matches in two of the past two Grand Slams. So I'm picking Sabalenka. My gut says that, but then I also... We just ran down how much magic happens in Montreal, so I would not be surprised if it's Andrescu versus Julien. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it's definitely a compelling argument. I think I'm going to stick with Shviontek as as my pick for the title. 
I feel like she's really she's really coming for it uh, on on this whole U.S. Open swing. Looked looked good in her home warm up in in Warsaw. Not that, not that it's going to mean much. Uh, I also probably like her draw a, a bit more than I like um, the draw of Sabalenka. Just having Ribakina as the high seed for Sabalenka in the in the semifinals compared to Shuantek Spegula. I, I I just sort of like her chances of of getting there. Uh, uh, of of getting to the final in the first place a bit better, and just yeah, overall I I probably see her as the as the favorite here. It'll be interesting. I I like I don't for whatever reason my mind has just been all over the place. Apparently, I, when I was looking at the schedule of play, is it me or is it nice to kind of see a schedule of play where it's just exclusively women? Because the past couple of tournaments have all been combined, haven't they? Or just or the ones that I've been paying paying attention to have been men only tournaments. Like there's this section of the of the year where it's all combined for like all the tournaments the women are playing are mostly combined. And it's nice to kind of go back to a specific women get the main focus and don't have to fight for center court kind of time for a whole week. I think that's always cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite rare that that we get that uh, for the women at the top level. Obviously, all all the all the slams are are combined. Most of the masters events are are combined. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, like I, I I guess it is just sort of nice to have two different sites for them, where mm-hmm. you know even if it is raining at one, uh, you you still have the second one as as a backup. Um, but yeah, just like in general, to to see them have the center stage is is also is also good to see. But they deserve it. Don't tell Nick Kyrgios that, but they deserve it. <laughs> Which females do you think he should have on his podcast? <laughs> <sighs> that guy. I, you know, actually, the more yeah. I give, like, the more I give thought to like Nick Kyrgios, I feel like we would have a very strong love hate relationship. Because I, I, in some ways, I feel like he'd be very fun to like get a beer with and kick it at a bar or at home and like watch whatever. But in some ways, I'd be like, "You sound like an idiot," and I would I would be compelled to tell him that. Like I would like, do you hear how you sound sometimes? But he's also he also has like I don't know some kind of energy that makes him relatable to people. At the same time, he's a he's a conundrum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he—he he is in his own way uh, a, a mental health advocate and, and all this different stuff. But at the same time, just does so many, so many questionable to just straight up unlikable things. Well, he just threw Von Drusova under the bus in my mentions last night and said that, and basically implied that she didn't deserve the paycheck that she got, and Djokovic should have gotten more, even though he didn't win Wimbledon. But you know. What do we know? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think that we've said it all. We have. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for watching, for listening to WTA Weekly today. Miles, it's been great having you. Thanks for coming on. And Always fun. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, we're going to have live conversation in an hour. Stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah, if, if we get matches playing. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Well, this is, sorry. This is WTA Weekly, not ATP. <laughs>
Yeah, we we were actually meant to do Eubanks one piece, but now that we've had rain delay in, in Toronto, we'll we'll see how it works out time wise. It might be too late for for me to do. Uh, very interesting in that match, though. Would love to see it happen tonight. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully. So you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.